It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. This is the first one of 2018. Because I'm one of those people who my show being on Monday was on both Christmas Day and da 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 New Year's Day. So welcome to 2018. I trust you had a lovely holiday, whatever it is and wherever you may have been. Um, I was able to go visit family. It was absolutely awesome. And what I'm going to talk about today is I've got a couple of different topic areas that I wanted to go over, but I'm going to. Start with one that I think a lot of people um, would be talking about today, and that is the result of the wear black to the Golden Globes and Oprah's uh, acceptance speech for, I believe it was the Cecil Cecil B. DeMille, um, the Lifetime Award. And, you know, I think what we have to be really clear about here all of the stuff that has happened relative to someone having, you know, the attitude that they can have sexual power over someone because they have more money, they have a bigger wallet, they have more power in the workplace, that is quickly becoming something that is shrinking. And it's also one of the other reasons it's shrinking is because more women are in those power positions. And they're not putting up with it any longer. They're done. So when, you know, they look at themselves or their daughters, and I use the example of there was a a father going to a soccer game. This happened here in Los Angeles. And he was a, I believe he was a Netflix executive of international children's um, content. And a woman came up to him. She, her daughter happened to be playing on the other team, and her husband was coaching the other team, and this man was coaching the opposing team. And she asked him what is going to be happening relative to the you know, people who brought up um, the allegations, I believe it was against Danny Masterton. And uh, the guy started with, well, you know, it was um, uh, obviously we take this very seriously. He started doing his politically correct spiel then um and then he proceeded to say but we don't believe them anyways well what an ass because this woman says how can you say that and he said well we just don't believe these women who accused him well it turns out this woman 
was one of the women that he had attacked. And needless to say, she was a little bit upset about this. And she said to the guy, I hope you never have to have this conversation, you know, or hear about this from your daughter and who was playing soccer, of course. Then the guy does the dumbest thing I've heard for a long time. He gets the attitude of, she said, Netflix is going to be really sorry about this, really sorry. And he dismisses her with, well, we'll see. Well, we'll see, turned out to be that this guy who, you know, was a VP at the company was gone two days later. And I think with Oprah, you know, delivering the speech the way that she did, it wasn't just about women. It's about men who have also had the same thing happen. And it's also about removing the shaming because for many of these, it was completely a highly unbalanced power structure. So when we talk about this, you know, I, I ask people to, you know, please be kinder about things and people end up just becoming so crazed when it comes to topics that they can just post things online. I mean, we know that there have been horrific things done. We also know that, you know, that these things are being brought into the light. And the people who are going to do it are people like you and me. And how we're going to do it is we will be that person. We will be changing the societal attitudes, being the person who has the strength to come forward and say, hey, this is not okay. Talking to someone like that, acting you know, a particular way to someone is not okay. And we also need to have a responsibility that this is not about trying to get attention by being the person who, you know, someone said, you know, or it has to be a bona fide claim. And that's one of the things that concerns me is that, you know, sometimes I don't know if these people are telling, you know, the, you know, God's honest truth. So anyways, for, you know, for those of us who have dealt with this, I mean, I've dealt with it in every single uh, work environment I've been in. And um, were there things that, that could have been, you know, uh, reported? Yeah, but it was also, um, I just chose to get myself out of the situation and not be around them, period. And that is unfortunately what happens in many cases. It probably won't be happening as much anymore, but I think that we have to be um, gentle with people who have gone through this because this is a scary thing to come forward and talk about because as a woman, when we talk about affairs, and I'm going to go into that in a moment relative to Esther Perel, when we talk about how um, different you know, women or men react to something happening that involves uh, an affair or involves cheating or involves something of more of a sexual nature, you have very different reactions on, you know, the part of women uh, versus men. Men tend to be more boastful, talk about what they did. Women tend to be more um, reticent to talk about it. They will be, they, they'll say, oh, you know, that they won't, <clears throat> they won't be coming forward and saying they'll, they'll omit or they will avoid talking about something. But when any time sexuality is involved in something, you have got to know that there's different dynamics for, you know, 
And, and even in, you know, gay relationships, there's often a different dynamic because one of the partners has more power or has more money. And those social currencies make a difference. I mean, do you truly think women would have wanted to get naked with Harvey Weinstein? I mean, all you need to do is have a pair of glasses to know that that's not likely going to be the case. In addition to which, there's a few personality flaws that have been reported that he was and, you know, he was an absolute tyrant. And until it dropped that, you know, he didn't have the money or have the influence that he used to, that's when he got fully outed. Now, I want to talk about people having affairs. And the reason I'm going to talk about this is that when people look at the beginning of a new year, they look at what am I working on? Where am I going? What's happening? They clean their desk. You know, they may go to the gym. They may do many things. But another thing that people will often do is they will look at, is my relationship the one to stay in? And we know that there is a big increase, particularly among millennials, of uh, polyamory or an open relationship where people acknowledge that, you know, they are being you know, intimate with someone else or they are connected emotionally with someone else. And this is not about having an affair and bringing someone into a closed relationship, but it is very much negotiated. And there are times when, you know, an open relationship works for some people and then times when they close it and they say, no, I'm not, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'd rather just have just the two of us be in here. So let's talk about if you are someone who the main reason that I see affairs starting, honestly, it is about attention. And it's attention that comes from, in a way that eroticizes what your world was, that it wasn't like that before. And when I tell people, look, you have got to pay attention to your partner, because if you don't, someone or something else will. And when I was listening to uh, Joe Court is a colleague and he had posted on, you know, how do you get your partner, you know, to stop cheating or how do you know or what, what are the things that you can do? And Esther Perel is a therapist. And the big thing she says is she said, look, by the time people come to see me, she said they've been very hurt or they're upset or there's something else going on. And, you know, they may have been devastated by, you know, um, someone who's cheating, whether it's, you know, and it doesn't really matter what sex or, you know, what orientation, because the main thing about an affair, the secret part is the thing, because the affair is arranged around secrecy. And it is the secrecy that is one of the most devastating things for most people. And I don't care if, you know, there's, there, there tends to be more of a moral value on, oh, that person cheated henceforth, you know, there, there's, you know, terrible things, whatever, that, you know, they're a terrible person. The U.S. tends to be very moralistic in when it comes to affairs. Not so much, you know, in certain areas of Europe, but let me tell you something. If you're the person who's been fooled around on and emotionally, you feel like that person has withdrawn from you, it hurts just as much in, you know, uh, 
in Sweden, in Finland, as it does here. It's when you are the rejected partner, that hurts. That's not fun. So when I ask people, what is it, you know, they are, it, because there's also a level of emotional attachment and connection that occurs. And that is something that for many, particularly for women, is one of, it's one of the most distressing, hurtful, you know, Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Pantit. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Residents of Alligator Point, Florida, discovered a 400-pound gabberlunzi bear raiding their garbage. They called the local wildlife authorities. The officers came out and shot the bear with a tranquilizer dart in order to move him. Unexpectedly, the frightened bear swam out into the water, where it started to drown as the tranquilizer began taking effect. Adam Warwick, an officer from the Wildlife Commission, jumped into action, swimming towards a juggernaut bear, while the other officers tried to figure out how to rescue both of them. Adam was somehow able to grab the bear and paddle 25 yards to the shore, saving the bear's life. The bear was then loaded on a truck and transported back to its home in the forest. What's the word for a last-minute attempt to get something done? A charrette. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Many of us look forward to the holidays all year long. It is such a magnificent opportunity to get together with family and friends and decorate and give gifts and eat the most delicious food. But numerous people dread the holidays. As far as their weight, health, and exercise are concerned, they know they'll have so much temptation and chances to derail their healthy lifestyle. Many just resolve themselves into thinking that gaining weight over the holidays is a fact and there is no way to avoid it. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to embrace the holidays. Have a plan before you go to any dinner, party, or event and decide what you're going to eat and stick with it. Yes, there will be temptation, but you can overcome it. Stay with the plan and reap the benefits. You can contact us at fitnessminute at annettehammond.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, I, When we talk about, you know, ac- access to some of the best, excuse me, <clears throat> experts in the field, one of the, I'm getting a, I'm helping a, a friend of mine 
who is putting together a uh, major presentation on pregnancy. And she had just offhandedly mentioned to me that she wanted to also talk about circumcision and whether or not it's required or not, or did I know? And I will be getting that uh, PowerPoint from uh, Dr. Hernando Chavez today. And he and Dr. Winston Wilde wrote about this uh, and did a presentation I saw at a, what we call the Quad S, Society for Scientific Study of Sexuality. And that would have been about seven years ago, and he's redone it and updated the references and things uh, within the last two years. But the real thing about this is that most people have no idea that when they talk about, you know, the Jews having to have a covenant with God, and then that is, uh, you know, the removal of the foreskin is the thing that's a covenant of God. That was not what it originally was. It was actually a drop of blood, not the entire foreskin. But the reason that the rabbis said, oh, we have, we've got to do something a little more dramatic here. This is at a time when gymnasts and athletes would tie the end of their foreskin over the end of the glands because an exposed glands was considered highly offensive. So the Jews who had had the drop of blood for the covenant with their God, they were still able to look like they were not circumcised. And the rabbi said, okay, that's it. We've got to, you know, we've got to be more drastic. But the other thing people really have no clue about, two main reasons why it's done culturally is not from a religious standpoint, but because, so they'll look like dad. And the other thing is that skin on the inside of the, the, the inside skin of the foreskin is some of the most sensitive skin on a man's body. It has one of the most highest concentrations of nerve endings and it's getting sliced off. So is there a medical you know, reason? All of the medical reasons that people have stood behind and said it has to be done because of STDs or it has to be done because of this, has, they have all been debunked. So I will talk about that, you know, after I get it, I haven't received it yet. And also I am going to be going to the adult novelty show tomorrow. And that is in essence, a trade show for sex toys. And one of the things I always look for, and I'll talk about this next week is what are the trends? And I have to say that you know, it's, and if you want to have an idea of what some of the trends are, check out the computer electronics show because the um, adult show and CES in Las Vegas, they used to be right beside one another. And one of the first adopters and adapters of tech material and technology and tech equipment was the adult industry. And <clears throat> they still do it. But one thing, the virtual reality shows and virtual reality that a performer can put together for their own closed audience, that is really impacting the producers of film. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I give a hearty ha-ha-ha about time because what these guys did for years was take the images of someone who was paid, you know, $2,000, $5,000, whatever it may have been, they took that, they then owned it, edited it, and turned it into 
one shoot may have turned into, you know, 15 or 20 different films and they got all of the money from the distribution. Well, that the, the knowledge of the business model has changed dramatically so that um, Kim Ayers, a, a colleague of mine who has a uh, ran a store in Boston is, has been involved in sales within the adult industry for years, decades. And she said when she went to a show two years ago, she said she was shocked that she walked and she said, I didn't recognize any of the performers and who they were, were the cam girls. And these are the girls that, so it's much safer for them. They have their own clientele who says, I like this, you know, I like the look of this woman. This is who I want, you know, and they can give them instructions and directions on what they want them to be doing in their private audience. And then the money goes directly to the woman or the man. It does not go through the previous distribution channel. So I know for a fact that a lot of these major uh, production houses for the, for the porn industry, scratching their heads, trying to figure out how can we get, you know, um, another revenue stream. And chances are, again, it's kind of like, you know, the book publishing industry, that's a bit of a broken business model. It's not likely going to come back. Um, just to give you another example, there was a, a Facebook post that I was looking at and it was a woman who is very, she's large. She was, when she was 12 years old, she was six feet. And, you know, she's, you know, she was standing beside a guy who was like five, three, and she was probably 18 inches taller than he was and big as well. And, but what she was and has done is she has marketed herself as, you know, for people who have a proclivity, not so much a fetish, I'll explain what, why I say that, that they like to be with women who are large, they like to be seen in public with them, they like to hold, and I remember being told by a friend of mine who very much liked very, very heavy women, and I said, can you tell me, Dante, what it is? And he said, sure, and he said, it is literally like jumping into a bowl of jello, like soft whipped cream. And I was like, really? Okay, I, I hear you. Now, this woman, you know, there's no nudity. She's not, you know, there's no sex. There's no release of fluids. She is just hanging out with these men and they seek her out. They want to, she says, I go all over the world and I have my clients and this is, what, you know, this is how she makes her living. Now, if we're talking about a fetish, I know I've said this before, but just to be clear again, a fetish is not the person, but something else that is inanimate that is the turn on. So, for example, if we're talking about uh, vinyl, we're talking about a, a vinyl, you know, outfit that you might wear, or if we're, you know, PVC vinyl outfit, or if we're talking about shoes, a shoe fetishist is the person who likes the shoe, not necessarily the foot and the person that the shoe is on. Now, I will say that um, I think it's something about mountains and it was um, Kate Winslet and Indira Edris and they're being interviewed. And he said to Kate Winslet, now, uh, 
their crash on a mountain and they have to get themselves out of there. And he says to Kate Winslet, you know, don't take your, don't take your socks off. And she's like, Oh, maybe, you know, he doesn't like socks or maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't like feet or something. Well, apparently it is completely the opposite. He really likes feet. So she was kind of like, and he was like, yeah, it's true. I do. So, I mean, I know there are some men that that is their absolute, you know, that's their absolute thing. So again, it would be more the foot, not necessarily the person that is the fetish or the appeal factor. So when I go to the adult novelty show, what I look for specifically, and then we're going to be coming up to our uh, second break here, and I will go back to some things that um, I've gone over with uh, Esther Perel's work, um, cheating and how you can create new things for your for the upcoming year for 2018. But when I go to the adult novelty show, I look for what are the trends, what's coming forward, what's not. Again, I'm seeing already in everyone gets their book sent to them, you know, Mine, this one happens to be the European adult novelty, and it is a big, huge uh, catalog with articles and everything. And one of the big things that I see every year, more lubricants on the market. Now, we also have some that are claiming that they are vegan, that they are bio, that they are um, eco and again, I had remember seeing one that they claimed that they were um, an organic and they happened to be out of um, province of Ontario, which is where my sister was living at the time. So I asked this woman, I said, so how do you determine the organicness of it? Well, she didn't know at all. Now, she's marketing this at a trade show, business to business, and she didn't know the component parts of her own lubricant because she had had some other chemist put it together. Well, for me, that's, you know, you cannot go out there and start marketing yourself with this. So when I look at stuff for people, those are the things that I'm looking for. Can they back up what they're saying? Are they, you know, do they have the, you know, the smarts and the wherewithal to be telling you that, yes, this is it. And, you know, they've got a whole range of, you know, things that they can talk to you about. Those are the people that I am then interested in, for example, introducing to this audience, introducing to UCLA, the class that I teach there, um, the upcoming, you know, uh, blogcast that I'm going to be doing. Because I want, I know there's so much out there that people just get inundated and they don't know what's real and what's not and what is good and what's not. And, and as I said, when I come back, I'm going to talk about Esther Perel stuff, but I'm also going to talk about how you can actually change your mood and enhance your ability to create more emotion and more connection with someone. And this is brain chemistry and neurogenesis at its best. Please stay with me. I will be right back with how to, how to create the better relationship and their mouth. Sex Talk 
with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. While my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Eat this, not that. Reported on a study in the Journal of the American College of Nutrition that found that people with a high intake of olive oil showed fewer wrinkles than those with a high intake of butter. The reason? Olive oil has monounsaturated fats in abundance. The Mayo Clinic says these fats are considered a healthy dietary fat and can lower your risk of heart disease, may help normalize your blood clotting, and can be helpful if you have type 2 diabetes. Olive oil is high in calories, so be sure to use small amounts. Drizzle it over your salads and over fresh vegetables before you roast them in the oven or on the grill. And always saute vegetables in a little olive oil instead of butter. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm just perusing through my uh, catalogs before I head out tomorrow morning for the Adult Novelty Show, which is based here twice a year in uh, Burbank, at the Burbank Marriott. Now, and I talked about that they always have lots more lubricants. Well, I'm looking at this lubricant called, it's supposed to be, very bio um, sensitive. It is a super lubricant. It's vegan. And then I see here that it's got, it's supposed to, hot stuff. Now, if this is supposed to be hot, what is the product that's creating the heat? Normally, it ends up being something, you know, not great, like capsaicin, which is hot chili pepper. And I'm looking here and it's going, okay, it's vegan. It's got an eco tube. Again, I'm going to have to go check this one out because I'm not in, they're saying lubricant with carrageen and aloe vera. Well, for most women, aloe vera is not a good thing to be putting in them. And these are things that can create, and they're not also marketing this towards 
um, a, you know, a gay market. They're only looking at women. I see they have a grapefruit seed cleaner. Grapefruit seed is a very good cleaning um, product. But again, I'm, this to me, I'm, I, there's something that I'm going to have to check that out. And I will bring back to you with that one. Another thing that I see as a trend, there's a lot more um, electronic, um, electric stim products. And one group who first came forward was a group called MyStim. And they're literally a German, they were a German medical products company. And then they realized that more people were buying it, buying their products for different types of play, different types of power play using, um, using the myoelectric stim. And this one now it says, enjoy the tingles of up to eight wireless e-stim toys at the same time. Wow, that's a lot of toys. Okay, uh, so here we have, we're going to, I'm going to check out the new reality videos. I'm going to check out, I'm sure we're going to see more things from Love Honey, which is the company in Britain that was awarded the, um, the license by the Fifty Shades line to create toys. And I have to tell you, their toys just aren't that great, but they've been able to do a huge marketing to the point where, you know, these guys are now getting, you know, awards for having, you know, the most sales, you know, in a particular year. I believe it was 2016 was, was the first one. Well, yeah, if you get handed, you know, the, the product line and the licensing for one of the biggest blockbuster movies in that area, hmm, well, if you can't sell it when it's been handed to you, you got to have there's probably something a little bit off. The other thing I'm going to be doing is talking to other colleagues um, concerning uh, the use of uh, vaginal floor therapy. And this is not just using a dilator. This is literally working with the actual musculature and the vaginal floor to release trigger points and to allow people to have comfortable intercourse again. Because for many women, the strictures that occur with uh, the drop in estrogen and going through menopause ends up being just brutal. So there is a colleague of mine uh, who is there, and I, her name is, um, uh, why, why, why am I not going to blank here? Uh, right, here we go, uh, Metis Black. And I hope to see Metis there and get some more information from her because she has been working with a group of people who are a pelvic floor specialists themselves. Again, she was looking to develop and design her company is called Tantus. And she was one of the first to introduce high grade silicone into toys. Now everyone is doing that. And I just looked at the cover of this, uh, the European adult novelty, everything in this, um, entire arena is everyone knocks off everyone like like you can't believe I mean you think it's bad in fashion or in other areas this one they literally will go to a warehouse um, a manufacturers in China they'll point and say I want that and that and that excuse me just needed a sip of tea there and then they come back and they've just totally ripped off what someone else's design is. 
there's a company that I'm familiar with and they have a new line out and I think what they call Joycicles. And this company is called Rocks Off. They're based out of the UK. And they said they have to do so much stuff to stop people stealing their design ideas. I'm also going to be going to uh, Sports Sheets. Uh, Tom Stewart, his wife, Kimberly, his sister, Julie, um, they have, they run a, just a top quality vanilla kink. You know, their, their byline is keeping couples um, connected and it really is. And it's fun, but they have to just watch everyone that someone doesn't come in, take the picture of, you know, on their phone of what they are, what their new product is, and then leave and immediately rush it out and come to market before they can have their production come out. Anyway, the, um, the when I was just flipping through this, I saw on the cover this thing, it's called Jimmy Jane. And Jimmy Jane is a, was a line that was developed in San Francisco. They then sold it to a less than, in my mind, uh, reputable group. And they have just completely knocked off a company that is based in, uh, I believe it's in Vallejo, California. And they created a whole line of these little tiny, exactly the same thing, charging on a base. Uh, and she named them after the sisters, her friends. And it was called the Friends Collection. And I see that Jimmy Jane has just absolutely knocked off exactly the same thing. Nicely done. Um, anyway, so going back to, if I may for a moment, uh, when we talk about cheating and the things that, uh, that Esther Perel was referring to, the big thing that people have to understand is that infidelity is not that easy to define any longer. I mean, it used to be in, you know, until there was um, all of the things put into place that, you know, marriage was the thing. And really the main reason for marriage, let's be clear, is for the transfer of assets. Hello. So you have transfer of uh, property, of money, of title, whatever it may be. And it was very important that the, you know, whoever controlled the wealth or controlled the assets know that this person, you know, this was the legal heir. This was the right person, which is why women were made to lie down on beds, put their feet up in the air to try and deliver. That's not the best way to deliver a child. Any woman who's done it knows the easier way is to let gravity help, you know, whilst while in water or walking. But, and it was so that the royalty could witness the birth of the child and verify that indeed it was that child. So, <clears throat> but going back to, it is no longer a black and white um, decision on what is infidelity. I mean, the the difference is, is that there's sometimes things are done and you know they're wrong, but other times they're done and they're hurtful. And how one fits along on that continuum is another thing that has to be, you know, discussed and negotiated between the people. But I mean, what do we know as what infidelity is? Is it maintaining a dating app while you're still seeing someone? Does it mean you are reconnecting with your ex on social media because, you know, you found them and it was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. 
hey, I know lots of marriages that have ended because of a connection that someone made online and also on dating programs. One guy was married to one of the top uh, news anchors in Los Angeles, and he puts himself on, you know, she wasn't a news anchor, but she was a high, high profile um, announcer, and he puts his face up on a dating app, and who do you think is one of the first people to see it? His wife. Well, that was the end of that. But, you know, is it chat rooms? Is it watching porn? Is it talking with an ex? Is it, and really what it boils down to is how someone themselves, you know, defines this as infidelity. And let's be clear, cheating doesn't just occur between two people or, or three people. It impacts the entire family. It impacts the, the siblings. It impacts, you know, the, the, the children. And when it, it used to be that the woman who wrote Mary uh, Shelley, who wrote uh, Frankenstein, as a result of her taking off as a 16-year-old to elope with a 21-year-old man, I mean, you know, admittedly, this is, you know, 1800s, but it, as a result of that, her sister knew she would never be able to make a socially appropriate marriage, and she committed suicide. And then the pregnant wife of the man she eloped with, she committed suicide. So there were really big impacts from infidelity at that time, particularly because for many women, unless they could make a marriage that kept them protected and safe, they didn't have a whole lot of options. But, you know, when we talk about the affair being secret, that's the issue. The other thing that Esther Perel talks about, there's a sudden level of emotional connection. And then there's the sexual aura, as she describes it. And that's when people feel, say they feel more alive. There's erotic energy that comes into it. So the thought of kissing the person may be highly erotic, even though you've never done it. But there is, that is how powerful that is. The thought of it is as powerful as the actual doing it. And, you know, it may be that it's not about you're leaving someone, but you're leaving part of who you are behind to be someone else. And, you know, the affairs, when they break up, some people break up because of affairs. Some people make up because of affairs. Coming up in 30 seconds, and we'll be back with more things on sex. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. a cheese lover then you would be called a quesophile cheese has been around a long time in fact the remains of cheese were found in egyptian tombs over 4,000 years ago the united states produces 25 percent of the world's cheese while the largest consumer is greece if you're an average american you'll eat 27 pounds of cheese per year a cheese factory in Wisconsin is the only place still making the famously stinky Limburger cheese. The pungent odor comes from the bacteria that live in the rind. 
Apparently, mosquitoes are attracted to Limburger cheese. This could make anyone a tyrophobiac. That's a person who's afraid of cheese. They say it's the early bird that gets the worm, but it's the second mouse that gets the cheese. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. What has less than 50 calories per serving is rich in potassium, B vitamins, beta carotene, and a great source of fiber? It is pumpkin. There are many fabulous ways to reap the benefits of this winter squash from October to February. CNN reports the pumpkin is nearly 90% water, and one cup of canned pumpkin has 7 grams of fiber. Fiber slows digestion and will help you feel fuller longer, which is fabulous for weight loss. It has nearly 20% of the daily vitamin C requirements, which is wonderful for your immune system. They also state that pumpkin can lower cancer risk and help keep your skin younger looking. But one of the most beneficial reasons to enjoy pumpkin is that it packs over 200% of the daily recommended intake of vitamin A and other antioxidants that help prevent macular degeneration and cataracts. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, during the previous segment, I had uh, said that I would talk about ways that you can increase the amount of emotion and connection just by the foods that you're eating. And this is hard science that is um, on neurogenesis. And if you want to watch this particular presentation, it is by Sandrine, S-A-N-D-R-I-N-E, uh, Thuret, T-H-U-R-E-T. And it was a TED Talk that she did in London in 2015. And what happened is she was working with a, a colleague of hers who had, was treating people. He was an oncologist. The people were, had been treated for cancer. They were now cancer-free, but they were still um, incredibly depressed. And what happened and what they started looking at is where does neurogenesis, meaning new nerves get developed in the brain. And one of the most exciting places is the hippocampus. Now, the thing about the hippocampus is it is very important um, for learning and memory and also for mood and emotion. And what was happening is that when they were being treated with the chemo, it was also stopping the newborn neurons that were being generated in the brain. So they couldn't feel good. There was, you know, they were literally, it was literally stopping them from being generated. Now, what she, what they have found is that by the time someone is 50, they will have exchanged all the neurons that you were born with, with new adult born hippocampus nerves, amount of about, you know, 50 per day. Now that may not sound like a lot, but when you do it every day, there is something and there are things 
that you can generate them that will then also improve mood, improve, you know, functioning. And in the lab, what they looked at was in a, you know, mammalian studies, that if they blocked the adult brain's ability to produce the new neurons in the hippocampus, you also block memory ability to knowing and remembering about spatial um, relations. So in other words, you would not be able to remember where you put your bike. So they would have these animals that have been trained in mazes and things, but they, and they would know how to like run through it like a little bolt of lightning to get their food, their reward, and they couldn't find their way through their maze anymore. Spatially, they had been, you know, suspended. The good thing about this, though, is that you can reverse that cancer impact. It takes a while, but there was also shows a clear link of depression and the amount of neurogenicity in the hippocampus. So here's some of the things that, you know, are a quiz to see whether or not these will be positive for generating neurons or negative. Now, learning, that has a really fabulous thing for neurogenicity. Because what it means is that your brain is working and focusing and concentrating on something. So that's one thing. Obviously, stress is going to go against it. The other thing is sleep deprivation. Sex actually improves it. No kidding. And as you get older and you're not doing as many things or you might, you know, you might be sort of not focusing on things or looking at solving a new problem. Why do you think you always see so many things for um, older adults where they have all of the games and quizzes? That's to keep their brains active and to keep those little hippocampus, the little germ cells growing so that they can improve their mood and have better memory and better functioning. So here's some of the things that you can be doing. They, they looked at, uh, they did a, a study with mice and they put some of them in a, just left them in a uh, cage without a running wheel. And when they looked at the hippocampus, there were very, very few black dots that, would, that indicated that these were newborn neurons. But if they put a little wheel in the cage, these were called the runners, and they had all kinds of neurons. So when they tell you to get out there and move around and do something, they're not joking. Not only is it good for your heart, it's good for your brain. Now, what you eat is also, here's the thing that is so cool about this. The type of diet that you eat will modulate mood and memory in the same direction as the neurogenicity. In other words, if you are eating omega-3 fatty acids, blueberries, um, have a calorie restriction, resveratrol, which is in red wine, you are going to be improving the neurogenicity. You're going to have more little nerves being born. You're going to improve your mood. You're going to improve emotion. You're going to improve your memory and your learning. And the other thing is that if you do a caloric restriction of 20 to 30%, that also increases neurogenicity. And also, if you have intermittent fasting, so that time when you're driving around or going somewhere 
and you're thinking, oh, I have to eat right at this time. You know who came up with that have to eat right at this time? There's a bunch of people who wanted you to buy their products. It's called lobbyists. So another really interesting thing for me was in Japan, they studied the texture of the food and how it impacted. And what they found is that the food texture impacted whether or not more little nerve cells were going to be born. If you have a soft food diet, reduction in the little nerve cells being developed. If you're eating a crunchy you know, diet with fiber in it, that is you're going to have increased neurogenicity. To me, this is a fascinating thing that will have more people not have to be taking the medications that are, you know, you, they may call them antidepressants or anti-anxiety, but look, they impact every single cell in your body. And when people are depressed, their life is not fun. But if they know that with good food, clean food, you're not eating processed sugars, no cane sugars, you're getting away from, uh, you know, um, uh, manufactured sugars, uh, high-grade, you know, corn syrup, corn's like one of the worst, first off. It's GMO, genetically modified. But the better fuel you put in your body, the better your brain's going to function, the better your sex life is going to function, and the better your mood is going to be. Now, here's something that I saw today, speaking of odd things in the news. And it is the whitening of penises. And it is done in the Lilux Hospital in Bangkok, Thailand. And... The main audience for this are gay men between 22 and 55. And the woman who was running this, you know, she went contacted. She said, we have about 100 clients a month, um, three to four a day. And you use a very small laser. Now, if anyone understands, I'm trying to, you know, I couldn't glean enough out of what was going on here. But I know that if uh, a man is has a lot more melanin in his skin, you know, the pigment, the area of his genitals will often be darker, quite a bit darker. So when you think of how they remove tattoos, that's what they're doing. They're getting rid of the pigment. So this is to lighten someone's, the, the epithelium of the penis. So I guess they would think it's more desirable. I know when I was over there, I was made very well aware of how the women kept themselves covered so they didn't end up having tan lines and there were many different products for the lightening of the skin, making sure that you know they don't have um, blotches or that tanning was not a big thing uh, in certain areas when I was over there. But the what I look at with this is once again, you know, what the goddess gave you isn't, you know, good enough. I mean, they've been doing this and telling women, you know, that they have to uh, bleach their vulvas for at, at least the last five years. And again, it's telling women that that area of their body isn't okay just as it was. Yeah, it is. It's just perfectly fine. They do the same thing with vaginal renewal, you know, laser therapy. Look, you know, some women are larger, some women are smaller. But, you know, if there is a real reason for a pelvic floor uh, therapy, yeah, absolutely use it. Now, here's the thing. If you have any questions, you can find me at 
loopadget.com. That's my website. You can send me an email to office at loopadget.com. Again, just spelled my, my name, L-O-U-P-A-G-E-T. And, you know, to me, one thing that we are really all responsible for is treating people kindly relative to our sexuality. And whether someone is interested in being, you know, uh, gay or trans or whatever, that is their choice. By the time they finally got there, believe you me, it took them a long time. So as Ellen would say, you know, please be kind to other people and be kind to yourself because sometimes we are our own harshest critic and we say we don't like things about our bodies or we don't like things about this, but you are good just as you are, period. And, you know, you don't have to be a certain dress size. I watch more people try and be a dress size in order to be appealing to people and it never works out well. I mean, you can look at, you know, some of the really biggest names and they are happiest when they go back to what their natural weight is. So Kelly Clarkson's a classic example. So here we go, people. We're coming down to the final um, 30 seconds here. Be nice to yourselves. Enjoy your sex lives. Any questions, you know where to find me, and I will be back with the update from the Adult Novelty Show next week. Take care and have a good week. Part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 